0: Hey guys, I'm Turlove. And I'm Emerson. We co-host a podcast at UW called Red Square. Every other week, we stand on Red Square and have conversations with people who open up to us about love, discovery, surprise, and sometimes even whales. We believe that each person has a story, and in sharing them, we can build a little more empathy on our campus. So head over to UWPodcast.com and listen to Red Square. Welcome and thank you for joining us here once again at the Box Podcast. I'm Josh Eddie, And I'm Caden Condor. And we're your guide to anything and everything college basketball related. Today is Monday, March 9th, and we have a lot to talk about in regards to this past weekend. We'll go over some of our conference tournament picks And some potential bid stealers as well. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna start out with the rapid fire recap of this week's action. Early in the morning the Badgers took care of business with a masterful play down the stretch to hold off a hungry Indiana team and lock up a share of the Big Ten title. This is the first time in five years that the Badgers have been in the position they are so good for them. West Virginia explodes for 52 points in the second half. Something I didn't even think was even possible, they throw another jab at this wounded Baylor team. The Bears finished their regular season with 26 wins and 15 in the Big 12, but won't even get a share of the title. I tried looking for the tr- those traveling yellow rain jackets that I've heard so much about, but unfortunately they matched West Virginia's uniforms just too well. Nick Richards transforms into a young Hakeem Olajuwon to help Kentucky pull off an incredible comeback over Florida without Ashton Higgins. The Gators only scored 11 points in the final 11 minutes and 30 seconds of this game.
1: And this was a bad loss for the Florida Gators. Emmanuel quickly fouled out with 10 minutes left and without Higgins either, they really let this chance to get into
0: the tournament slip away. Kansas rallies late to pull away from Texas Tech in Lubbock. The target on the back of these Kansas uniforms grow bigger and bigger by the week like you said, I'm hoping Kansas loses soon actually because I like my favorites in the tournament to have a recent loss to keep them grounded and humble. The Creighton Blue Jays explode for 30 points in the final 10 minutes to run away from Seton Hall and win a share of their first Big East title in school history. Euphoria ensued in the magical Omaha atmosphere. And Marcus Zagorowski
1: and Tyshawn Alexander might be my favorite backcourt duo in the country. Uh, They're by far the
0: most talented right now. Jonah Matthews killed the dream finish for the UCLA Bruins as they will finish just second in the Pac-12 after a bewildering last couple of weeks. This UCLA team worries me a little bit, but you can never really count Mick Cronin out. Sam Merrill reminded everyone why Utah State is still a dangerous team by scoring nearly half of the Aggies points, including a clutch three to punch their ticket to the big dance for the second year in a row. Utah State flatlined in the middle of the season, but they've now risen from the dead thanks to Sam Merrill. Penn State loses to Northwestern. That's all I have to say about that one. Northwestern,
1: they now have eight wins this season. Uh, Penn State will be in the tournament, but they're going to have to change
0: some things after this game. Virginia has now won eight straight after a close home victory over an uninspired Louisville squad. They tie for second in the ACC, and and nobody does it better than Tony Bennett. And this Louisville Cardinal team, they're just not playing with any passion right now. Uh, Not really. I don't really have any idea what's going on with this team. Duke sweeps the regular season series against North Carolina. The Heels show off fight, but couldn't overcome the Blue Devils nearly 50% shooting from three. And on the season, Duke shoots
1: 33% from three as a team. Uh, so they will never shoot that well again this season, I can promise you guys that. Uh, but it w- was really thanks to Justin Robinson. Uh, this guy averages three points per
0: game this season. He exploded for 13 in this one. Maryland bounces back to comfortably win over Michigan. Cowan Smith and Eric Ayala scored 57 points combined in this one. This was a good win for Maryland. I don't really like this team much, but it's a good win still. Michigan State has now won its past five games, and the past four have been against ranked teams. Mr. March is here, and these Spartans are ready once again for a Final Four run. Still not sold on the Spartans either. I really want to see how this team plays in the Big Ten tournament this week. Illinois holds off the Iowa comeback for just long enough in order to lock up the double bye in the Big Ten tournament. I would assume it we was still shying for these line-out with 17 points and a dagger jumper. Illinois
1: has been one of the pleasant surprises this season. Both of these teams' depth makes them built for March.
0: Very, very good weekend of college basketball. Great weekend yep. to wrap up what well, was a, a pretty exciting season. Uh, that was obviously the last weekend of the regular season for every conference. Some of them wrapped it up last week. But Saturday was just pretty much a nonstop action for about, I don't know, seven hours or so from mm-hmm. 9 a.m. until uh, about 5 when the Duke-UNC game ended. Then there's the, Xavier, uh, the Xavier-Butler the Xavier game as well, which is also pretty good. I didn't really mention that one. So that was pretty crazy. A few good games on Sunday as well. That was, But I think Saturday might have been the best day of college basketball all season, but there's been some good ones. Mm-hmm. I actually had my Butler-Xavier game as one of the best wins of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: what, not necessarily due to it being just a high-profile game, but just the way that this game played out. Uh, Butler was going back and forth with Xavier. They're actu- they were actually down in the final minutes of the game. Uh, losing this game to Xavier wouldn't have put Butler out of the tournament, but it definitely would have made the committee's decision a little tougher, um, especially if they lose in the Big ten tur- East, Big East <laughs> tournament. Um, All the big tournaments. All the big ones. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Kamar Baldwin was the hero in this one. He had 36 points in this effort. Uh, He hit the game-winning three to put Butler up 72-71. Really, all I can say about this one is Kamar Baldwin. He was the hero. He's going to be the guy for Butler in March in the NCAA tournament. He's going to be the guy they go to.
0: That's kind of what I gained from this one. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Where I think they're they're make or break depending on Baldwin because it seems like while they have other players that are solid, they don't really have anyone else that could really take over a game, and they really need someone to take over a game the way they've been playing the past uh, few weeks now. They've been really struggling, but Kamar Baldwin, once again, their clutch shot. Remember, he knocked off Villanova some weeks ago in a, in a pretty high-profile game. So he got another one here. He looks like he's kind of got the cold-blooded gene in him, and that's always exciting and always a good quality to have for, for March. And they will be dancing. Uh, their seating, though, is definitely kind of up in the air depending on how they do in the Big East tournament. But... We'll see. They're, they're definitely a team with a high upside as we saw earlier in the season. A team that's has a really high upside right now and is playing great, great basketball it is my best win. That's the Creighton Blue Jays. We've been talking about, about them quite a bit over the past few weeks now. West Virginia was another team with a good win, but I like that was kind of fool's gold. But I'm going with the Creighton Blue Jays. It was at home in Omaha. The crowd was there. They were loving it. It was a crazy atmosphere there. And it was a close game, pretty much all the way through for I don't know seventy, eighty percent of it, and then something just clicked for Creighton, and they just could not miss. They made they they scored thirty points in the final nine and a half minutes of this game. That's like that's on pace for scoring over one hundred twenty points in the game, which is ludicrous. And basically, they were neck and neck with Seton Hall, and then they just took off, and Seton Hall couldn't match their scoring. I don't think anyone in the country could have matched that scoring for that matter. And yeah. Creighton is as hot of a team right now as possible and on top of that they end up tying Seton Hall in the Big East for the, a share of the Big East title mm-hmm. and they even get the one seed now in the Big East tournament because of tie breaks over Villanova and Seton Hall so first time in school history they've won the Big East grand they've only been in the Big East for a handful of years now but nevertheless still the first time it was it was a pretty crazy atmosphere great game they hung the banner within five minutes of winning the game and yeah, I don't, I don't know what can be said about this Creighton team that hasn't been said already. Yeah, well, I'll say it. I think that this is the most talented
1: Creighton team I've seen uh, in all my years of following college more basketball. It, probably more than Dougie. Yeah. Well, and back in the day, yeah, with Doug McDermott, uh, he was kind of their guy, obviously, but Creighton has been super fundamental, and they've been able to hit open threes, but this team can get to the basket. Marcus Zagorowski and Tyshawn Alexander, crazy good backcourt. Mm-hmm. Both those guys can hit open shots, can create shots for other guys on the team. Yeah, this Creighton team is looking really, really
0: dangerous right now. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Like, I The only concern I have about them, I guess, is that the the one game they did lose to St. John's, while I don't want to chalk up too much into it, they lost because they couldn't shoot from three and they couldn't really do anything else to get themselves back into that game. So I'm a little concerned they may be a little one-dimensional in that regard. I mean, if they're shooting like this, it doesn't matter. So as long as they keep playing like this as a team with – so much talent, so many good players. You mentioned Tyshawn Alexander, mm-hmm. uh, Marcus Zagorowski. They have a handful of other guys that could also fill it up on any given night. Yeah. And they're, they're very fun. They're about as hot as anyone right now in the country. And this Creighton
1: team, you mentioned one-dimensional. They're a lot similar to Villanova in the fact that they don't really have as strong of an inside presence as some of the other teams in the Big East, like Seton Hall. What's most important for teams like Creighton and Villanova is that their guards drive and get into the paint. Mm -hmm. Uh, because they don't have a guy that they can necessarily throw it to on the block and have him make a play. So they need their guards to be able to drive, and Zegorowski in this game for Creighton, he was able to get into the paint really effectively. I think he had 23 points in this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he was able to create shots for others as well. He had five or six assists, I believe. Uh, So yeah, yeah, Zagorowski seems like the driving force for this team. Uh, Really like the way he's been playing recently. Yeah,
0: this team's awesome. I think they're as long as they have a good Big East tournament, I think they're gonna be a two seed which is probably a two seed no one wants in their bracket they're playing as good as like i mean i've said it before they, they're playing as good as anyone right now and i think you want them as far away as possible when you're yeah when you're uh, filling out your bracket or, it's, or depending on who you are so one seed or three seed you know you do not want to see them no until a- atlanta probably because i think they have the chops for that all right and moving on who was your uh, worst loss of the of the weekend
1: yeah so i had a i had a team that has been struggling as of late. I think they've lost two out of their last four or something like that. Uh, the Penn State Nittany Lions yeah, uh, losing to Northwestern. You mentioned it in the rapid fire, but this is a Northwestern team that before this game, they had seven wins on the season. I think they're 7-22 and 22 overall. That's not good. That's, uh, like, really bad. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you if you can tell. Lamar Stevens for this Penn State team, he's one of the best players in the country, and he needs to be playing much more aggressively he needs to, this is a guy that needs to have the ball in his hands much more often for Penn State. I understand and I get that he's trying to be unselfish, but what he's got to recognize is that he is the best player on this team, and the offense should flow through him on every single possession. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to lose to a team like Northwestern, I get it. It's senior night. It's at Northwestern. This is probably the most hyped up this Northwestern team was for a game all season, especially because it was against a good team like Penn State. But to lose this game this deep into the season is just a head scratcher for me. This is a team that sh- we expected to be playing their best brand of basketball at this point in the season. They'd been kind of steadily improving the whole year. They got Myron Jones back. We thought that would be a plus for this team. Mm-hmm. But Jones hasn't really shot the ball as well as he'd like. Lamar Stevens isn't being aggressive enough. Yeah. So Pat Chambers and this Nittany Lions team—they don't really. They're unless apart, they, yeah. they are, and unless they show me something, something else or something different in the Big Ten tournament. I don't know what to
0: make of them right now. Yeah, you mentioned they've lost a lot of games. They've now lost five of their past six, which is pretty crazy. I mean, granted, the Big Ten's a tough slate. That lone win was at home against Rutgers by just one point. And there's, the Big Ten is a gauntlet. We know that this year. But there are two teams that are gimme games, and that's Northwestern and Nebraska. And this is one of those gimme games. Granted, it's on the road. Granted, it's senior night. But if you're... If you're a team that's going to be in the tournament, you got to beat Northwestern. Like that's just plain and simple. You got to beat Northwestern, especially when you've been struggling. This would have been a really nice confidence boost for them. And yeah, that's just head scratching. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I didn't even watch a single second of this game, uh, because I'm not gonna watch Northwestern play really. But yeah, that's that's just a tough loss, man. I don't know. I don't know where you go from here. You got like you said. You got to have a good Big Ten tournament, or else I do not trust them at all come the big dance.
1: And Penn State is another another team, uh, like Villanova, like Creighton, who don't necessarily have a dominant force inside. They don't have a really good big man that they can throw the ball to. Yeah, Lamar Stevens is a good big man, but he's a little bit undersized. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, he's more of a power forward. He's more of a power forward. Um, He can't just
0: bang down low and get whatever he wants.
1: Yeah, and especially against a team like Northwestern, that's when a a really good big man would have helped because they're lacking in the athletics ability department you know it's Mm kind of just a bunch of bunch of guys thrown out in the court i watched the highlights of this game and northwestern was just being super fundamental and just running plays running sets setting screens and it was somehow working so
0: yeah well sometimes fundamental works as we we saw wisconsin this weekend Um, my worst loss was florida florida gators they were uh i mean this is a no-brainer for one of the worst losses of the weekend they were—I mean, you guys probably already saw this—but they were up 18 in the second half against. They were at home against Kentucky, and K- Kentucky didn't even have Ashton Haggins, one of their probably top three, top four players. And I mean, if you're the Gators, you got to close that out. This is a—you need a signature win. They haven't really had a signature win pretty much all season. Like they—I think they beat Auburn once, and that was about it. But besides that, they—they've really been struggling to beat the really good teams and. It's concerning. I mean, we've talked a lot about their preseason expectations, and regardless of that, they're probably in. And the the way they failed to live up to those expectations quite considerably, but this is a team that really just can't pull it together when they need to, and that's never a good sign. You could look at their talent. You could look at they have Kerry Blackshear and Keontae Johnson and Sky Lewis and all these guys that are really good basketball players. But at the end of the day, if you can't win basketball games, you're not gonna. It's not gonna just magically click and march and. I've I've been holding that hope for these guys, uh, partially because they were one of my one of my higher picks in the preseason. But they were they, they were, were one of most people's exactly higher picks. yeah, and they've just been kind of frustrating to watch. I think they were ranked fifth in the preseason polls. Mm-hmm. Definitely top ten. Yeah, they're they're kind of set with Penn State with me. Where if they don't have a good conference tournament in the in the SEC, and I think they're down to a five seed now, which is not good. That is yeah. I'm I'm fully out on Florida, uh, which menu. I didn't think I would say. Yeah. <laughs> Emmanuel quickly also a note
1: I mentioned this in the rapid fire, but he fouled out with ten minutes left in this game. Yeah. Uh, wow. So without Emmanuel quickly and Ashton Higgins, and uh, however big they were, however much they
0: yeah. were leading by at that point, to end up blowing that game is it's startling. That's that's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. And you're at home, like I mean, also shout Kentucky because they were awesome down the stretch. But yeah, for Florida, yeah, close that one out. Like Nick mm-hmm. Richards, Keon Brooks were awesome. EJ Montgomery, obviously they were within inches of winning that game with the, with the tip-in that mm-hmm. may have been a goaltend. Yeah. But regardless, you can't even let them get in to get that position. So, yeah, it's a loss is a loss, and that's a bad loss. Mm-hmm. And Also, I wanted to mention just real quickly another terrible loss was Texas. We've been talking about this is one of the teams that's been surging us of late with uh, UCLA and Providence and probably going to play their way into the tournament, and they were having so much progress, and they just lay a stinker at home against Oklahoma State. One of the worst teams in the Big Twelve that's not even a very good conference and yeah, that's just a brutal loss. They're probably felt good
1: hearing you say that. Big yeah. twelve is not a I very mean, good conference. I mean the
0: top is very good, but the bottom of it is is brutal. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's a terrible loss. Texas is now they going to have a big good conference tournament or else they're probably not gonna be in the tournament, which is which is unfortunate.
1: But who knows. Bubble's pretty crazy this year. Yeah, do you think mid majors will make it
0: more than teams like, you know, bottom feeders in the Big Twelve? I hope so because I mean as we see from Texas, they could lose to Oklahoma State, and I think if you lose to Oklahoma State at home, you shouldn't be in the tournament. Uh, kind of like I mean Penn State also losing that Northwestern's pretty bad. I, they're gonna make it regardless, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean I I'd rather see these mid majors because I feel like all these all these big conference teams have had plenty of chances to to prove themselves and win these games that. Even the wins that they, they should win by a lot, they maybe only win by a little bit or they lose these games to the bottom teams in their conference and they just can't string together enough impressive wins where it's like it really justifies me wanting them to be in the tournament. Yeah.
1: Like a team like Penn State losing to Northwestern at this point in the season mm-hmm. is the only the only real explanation I can think of is that they just don't have an identity. They don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. If you're losing to Northwestern, it's not because you're less talented it's not because definitely not you can't. It's not because <laughs> there's many teams that are less talented than Northwestern. <laughs> exactly. So the only reason I can think of for that loss is they just don't have an identity right now. They don't know how to play together. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the thing about teams like Texas maybe who laid that stinker and teams mm-hmm. like Penn State is that if they're going to be in the tournament, they should at least have an identity. These mid-major schools have an identity. They've played. All season. Even um, some of them three or four seasons together. And definitely have less losses than these bigger Power Five conference teams. They have less losses on their resume, maybe not as good of wins, but they have an identity. And I think they could be more dangerous in the tournament than a team like Penn State or a team like Texas who doesn't
0: necessarily know who they are right now. Yeah. I mean, Penn State is maybe not the best example because they're going to be in the tournament. They've already locked it up. They will, but they've had a good season. I'm just using them as an explanation. Uh, like, kind team, of to
1: mirror other teams. There are other teams out there who don't have an identity. Purdue,
0: um, Indiana, yeah. for example. Like, it, it's just kind of a toss up whether they win or lose, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I'm going to move on to my best game of the weekend. This one was awesome. It was the Mountain West Championship. I'm not sure how much of a you watch because it was pretty much at the same time as Duke UNC. But so after the glorious Wyoming run fell short, my like Cowboys, unfortunately. Cannot get the better of Utah State. So the Aggies moved on to the finals against San Diego State. Potential one seed, only one loss in the season. conference uh, Regular season conference champions of the Mountain West. And this was a game where Utah State, uh, we mentioned in the, the Rapid Fire recap, they had these high expectations coming into the season. They were 17th on the preseason AP preseason poll, which I, don't, I think is the highest they've ever been. If not, it's pretty close and they're a team that's pretty kind of struggled and I kind of like Florida i have been holding out hope because they bring back pretty much everyone from last year and they had a pretty solid team last year and they're all one year older now they have still have Cada, who's been hurt they have Sam Merrill guys like Brock Miller and uh, Brito and Justin Bean and all these guys and they're they they were very firmly on the bubble and their only way to really guarantee themselves a spot in the tournament was to win this game and it started out a little slow for them. There was They fell down by about, uh, I think, 15 or 16 in the first half. And then Sam Merrill just said, all right, screw it, I'm going to take over. And he just he scored, got a few buckets going into the halftime, got a little momentum, and then just completely took over in the second half. And he finished with 27 of the team's 59 total points, and he hit a crazy dagger three with, I think, about three seconds left that won them the game. And uh, Malachi Flynn did go, go down and get a pretty good look that just barely missed. Barely that would have tied missed. it up if it yeah, barely missed. Like rimmed out yeah. from half court. But, yeah, Sam Merrill, dude, he just – that's a bad MF right there. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, but, yeah, Utah State punched their ticket. They're going to be dancing once again. Definitely in the tournament now, no questions about that. Automatic bid. San Diego State, on the other hand, actually might be a good loss because it seems like they're going to drop down to the two-seed in the West, which you would probably rather be as opposed to the one-seed in the East where you got to play in New York City. So now if they do advance, which is a big if with this team right now and the way they've been playing, if they do advance to the Sweet 16, they're going to get the Sweet 16 and potentially Elite Eight games in Los Angeles, just a just a short drive from, from their campus. Mm-hmm. And I think losses
1: like these for these really good high seeds, projected high seeds, are actually good. I, yeah. I like... When I choose tournament teams to go, when I like kind of fill out my bracket and determine who I think is going to go far, mm-hmm. uh, I usually tend to gravitate towards teams that have a recent loss underneath their belts, just because if if you're a team who doesn't really remember what losing feels like, when you get into that pressure situation, you kind of you feel the pressure a little bit more mm-hmm. because you haven't lost in so long, um, and that's why historically teams maybe like San Diego State, who have gone undefeated during the season. It's really hard to go undefeated. Wichita State, Kentucky. And win the tournament. Yeah. you know That's a lot harder to do uh, because there will be those pressure situations. You will be down at some point in the tournament, uh, and you really will need to
0: draw on that experience of losing mm-hmm. if you want to win the next time. So. Yeah. I, to- so, I, totally, so I think this, this is probably a good loss for San yeah, Diego State. I totally game. agree with everything you said. On top of that, it also – makes a big target on your back when you're riding a really high win streak, or especially undefeated, you already have a big enough target on your back if you're the one seed. You're going to get every team's best shot, even the 16 seed, as we saw with UMBC going up against number one overall seed, Virginia, mm-hmm. a few just a few short years ago. And if you're riding a high win streak, we mentioned with Kansas, that they might want to lose in the big 12 tournament because I think they're already locked in for the number one overall seed, probably, and... Yeah. Even if they do lose in the second round to Texas Tech, or, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, if I'm Kansas, I wouldn't either. Because you get that target off your back, you kind of get the pressure off you of this big win streak, mm-hmm. and they, I think you're just a little more relaxed going into March. Yeah. And it's not like it really matters from the. I mean, net. and you get rest. Yeah, if you lose exactly. in the second round, you don't have to play in the next two or three rounds. Yeah, you can <laughs> you avoid a potential injury. I mean, we know a guy like Yudoka Azabuke, how uh, how fragile he could be at times. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I guess now we're talking about Kansas, but regardless, San Diego State, not a terrible loss. I mean, definitely considering seedings, not a terrible loss. Also, kind of get that target off your back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe people will be underestimating them a little more going into the tournament. Yeah, and they could take some teams by surprise. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean that that was my best game. That was that was a pretty crazy game. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that Utah State game was the best. I really enjoyed watching that Butler Xavier game yeah, just because that was of Kamal Kamar Baldwin, but the heroics between Baldwin and Sam Merrill were pretty similar. They yeah. both just carried and took over the game.
0: Yeah. We might be able to see them in maybe like a first-round matchup. Maybe that like would, a 6-11 might I be. Mean,
1: you, you know how the committee likes to pair teams together that I think would be a good matchup. Yeah, totally. They, they
0: like to create storylines. So yeah. <laughs> I'm awesome. almost getting more excited just to see what the matchups are than like the actual games. Yeah. Because like, I don't know. This it, season there's been, there's like, I mean, no one, everyone says, oh, there's no great teams, which is kind of true. I think Kansas is is a great team but there are so many like good and exciting teams and granted, they could lose on any night but they could also beat anyone on any night and i think just like the 6-11 matchups the 7-10 matchups are going to be very very exciting yeah and for those 6-11 and 7-10
1: matchups too the committee there's not as much you know there's not as m- much of a um, consequence if they do create a storyline if they do just match up two teams maybe a former coach is on the bench for the other team they yeah. love doing stuff like that yeah. because
0: i mean ucla cincinnati could be a like a play-in game exactly i right. could see that that's great that'd be awesome that would be i mean they had um last year in the first round they had uh minnesota louisville which was richard Petino against obviously louisville yeah so they like to do stuff like that and i would that always always helps i mean you get you get more uh, media about it, people telling these stories and more people mm-hmm. watch the games and yeah, I mean, it's a it's a win-win all around. Mm, that UCLA Cincinnati that might be a good yeah. Looking your chops on that one.
1: I think that might happen <laughs> if Cincinnati be, can sneak into the tournament. It'd be a
0: 45 to 47 victory. Whoever wins that one, <laughs> and, and Mick
1: Cronin is probably getting thrown out of the game. <laughs> Definitely, you
0: would lock that down. <laughs> all right, and all right, you wanna to go to the conference tournament predictions? Yeah, sure. All right, who do you have? Who do you have for ACC?
1: Um, so I think the winner of the ACC tournament. Um, the games kick off on Tuesday, I believe. Yeah. Um, but there's like 12 rounds of the ACC or however ridiculous, many. ridiculous, man. How
0: many does Carolina have to win? Do they have to win five or six? Carolina's
1: got to win five games. And it's like back, back to back to back to back It's the to back. max. So five <laughs> games, five days in a row. Yeah, they, I think they will be the favorite for the first two games because they play, I believe they play Virginia Tech in the first yeah. game. And then if they win, they play Syracuse, and they just beat Syracuse last week. Mm -hmm. Um, So they should win those two games. Obviously, things are going to get a lot tougher after that. But uh, for my winner of the ACC tournament, I think it will be Florida State. Leonard Hamilton's guys are playing really well. I hope it's Duke. I know that sounds weird (laughs) saying, but I really do hope it's Duke, kind of like what we were talking about before. I want Duke to lose early in the tournament. I think the only way that will happen is if they win the ACC tournament because – they won't have that loss to fall back on like what we were like talking about. Like gets their heads a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm hoping Duke wins. I think Florida State will win though. Leonard yeah. Hamilton and Devin
0: Vassell, all those guys are playing really well right now. Yeah. I I, I hear you. I think Florida State's much better than Duke. I just think Duke's going to win the tournament. I don't know why. It just seems like they always win the ACC tournament. They can never win the, the regular season, but they always win the tournament. And Duke fans are notorious for calling that a yeah, championship. Yeah, those banners, yeah. <laughs> they,
1: they call that a championship over there. <laughs> like yeah. last year uh Kobe White just destroyed Duke all season. I yeah. think we swept them. They swept us this year by the way, but we swept them last year. And winning they they won the ACC tournament last year. And that was their championship. Yeah, you I know? mean,
0: yeah. And they uh, they had Zion. So there you go. They also won the Champions Classic. Uh I mean, it was only one game, but they still <laughs> yeah. won it. So they I think there's a banner. There'll be a banner there's going There's a up. banner in uh <laughs> in Durham for that one. Uh yeah, might see I my pick is Duke as well. Um I mean, wherever you th- you think they might win it uh big 12 I uh, want them to win it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah of course big 12 I actually I want Carolina to win it yeah uh, of but course. if Carolina loses I want Duke to do win they it. do they match up is there a path anywhere towards Duke
1: uh
0: yeah I'm not sure because because that'd be nice to get a 3 Pete. I mean so they could lose again maybe but
1: <laughs> if Duke if we lose to Duke in a championship that would be tough I will yeah. say.
0: I mean yeah I guess their paths could always cross
1: I, I think Duke is on the other side. I think we have the favorable side because I believe we play, we have the yeah, two. And yeah, you're, no, you're so nowhere near Duke. We've got Louisville, right?
0: Yeah, so you got Virginia Tech, and then it would be Syracuse if you win, and then Louisville, and then probably Virginia after that. And then it's the championship.
1: So those are four winnable games when you think about it. <laughs> Talk yourself into it. It sounds army. crazy thinking, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, you can count sti- out what's, the, what's their face? Uh, Louisville is not playing their best basketball. No, not at all. Virginia's Virginia is beatable on any given night because Especially of the way from they, from they play. Home.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can see it. I mean, the right? most dangerous <laughs> 14 seed <laughs> in all of uh, – in all of ACC yeah, tournaments, we'll, we'll talk about
1: the bit Steelers in a second.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we haven't talked about North Carolina enough. <laughs> no, we, we'll skip them, but oh, yeah. we want to talk yeah, yeah. about
1: another local team. Um, yeah, but who do you think will win the Big Twelve tournament? Kind of moving on to another
0: Power Five. Same same reasoning as we've been talking about uh, recently. I think it's going to be Baylor. They need this. I think I think I don't think Kansas really wants to win this. I think they kind of want to get a loss under their belt <laughs> before then. So I think Baylor is going to kind of rise to the occasion. They really need these games. And they're good enough to they they have to beat um, they have to beat West Virginia who they just lost to but they can, they're going to beat West Virginia mm-hmm. if they play them again and then they would play either Texas Tech probably or uh, Kansas. Yeah, I think I think Kansas will win it. I mean, um, they're the best team, but we'll see if they want to win it is the thing.
1: Yeah, I I think they're going to win it, and I think that's going to negatively affect them in the NCAA tournament at some point. Um, just a prediction, but. If I had to choose a team right now to win the actual Big 12 conference tournament, it would be Kansas. Yeah, I mean, it's not Um, a bad pick at all. And I I like the way Baylor's team is kind of coming around, and I think that a loss for them will be super beneficial for the tournament, actually. Mm -hmm. I know we've kind of been harping on that loss thing a lot. It's not (laughs) a huge deal. You know, if they were to run the table and win the conference tournament, it's not a huge deal, but it definitely helps, I think, the psychological aspect. Maybe not losing in the championship of the conference tournament, but maybe losing in the second or third round um, would be ideal for a team like Baylor or
0: Kansas. Yeah, exactly. Um, Big East, my pick is the my boys, the Providence Friars. You haven't been too high on them, but they've been playing great basketball as of late, and think they're going to ride this win streak, I mean, they, play, they have a tough slate is the only thing because they have to go through Creighton, which you don't want to do. But mm. if anyone could be Creighton right now, the Providence is playing as good a basketball as anyone in the Big East. Well, maybe not as good as Creighton, but they're, they're playing really well. And I don't know. They just kind of find ways to win games. They also almost won it last year. They got that experience. And, yeah, I think they're a team that's capable of going on that run.
1: Okay. That's kind of an out-there pick. Yeah. But I they're the four seed. It. Yeah. Um, I'd probably go either Creighton or Villanova. Yeah. Uh, those are two teams that I really liked in recent weeks from the Big East. Uh they weren't necessarily playing the best basketball early in the in the season, but um right now they're both playing really well. I think uh if I had to choose between Creighton or Villanova, I would I would choose Villanova, I think. Yeah, just the experience probably. The experience, uh Sadiq Bay, I think he made all first team, big East. Yeah, if he didn't he should have, but I think he did. Yeah. And he he's really been a driving force behind that team. Huge improvement from last season too. So shout out to the Bay family. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean he's not. Well, yeah, sure. He's he's related, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think they're cousins, second cousins or something.
0: It's it's somewhere down the lineage. They're yeah, they're connected. The family tree. Yeah. <laughs> all right, moving on to the Big Ten. I have the Michigan State Spartans. They're rolling right now. They're my uh, preseason pick to win it all. It's looking better and better. All of a sudden, I just don't think they really have the chops to win it at all when it when it comes to the Big Dance that is, But they definitely have the chops to win the Big Ten, which is a team that's very or a conference that's very solid but doesn't really have a really formidable con- like it's opposition a, yeah, to yeah, it's weak State, at the top think. it's weird yeah like um, Maryland it's super deep uh, but no team Like Wisconsin's really, the one seed
1: yeah rich. the fact that Wisconsin's the one seed is
0: kind of telling a little bit <laughs> and I, I don't know I, I kind of like Wisconsin they had a good game against Indiana I do too but for them to win the Big Ten is crazy <laughs> the, this Wisconsin team is like if you haven't seen them play just like think about like w- what you think a Wisconsin team would play like and you're exactly right that's uh, they're just fundamentals, solid defense, yep. back cuts, <laughs> flare screens, just all that, all those fundamentals, and mm-hmm. yeah, they're but they they play well together. Really so. well
1: coached team too. Yeah,
0: Greg Guardsman. not even not even nominated for coach of the year. Hmm. He's maybe been the best coach all year, especially considering what they lost in Kobe yeah. King.
1: Yeah, I mean he, Wisconsin has kind of come on lately, mm-hmm. so maybe the, the coach of the year voting
0: didn't it's more happen of a full body there. of work also. Yeah, yeah they didn't true. have a great start. Yeah, what's your Big Ten pick?
1: Uh, I I went with Michigan State yeah. too. No brainer. I don't um, think they're 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 the favorite. Mm-hmm. I think they could run the table.
0: Mm-hmm. Look yeah. out for Michigan also. Yeah, they're not playing great, but they remember they won Atlantis. They're good in these tournaments, these back to back situations. They they can make a run. Understand understand. Look out for them.
1: That's true. They they are a pretty streaky team. Mm-hmm. Um, they went on a run last year in the tournament, so they could do it again. Exactly.
0: Uh, Pac-12. This is the one everyone's eyeing. They they know this is the big one. I'm going with. Uh, I mean, who else? The favorite, the 12 seed Washington Huskies. They're playing great basketball right now. They swept the Arizona schools. Probably the toughest road trip in the Pac-12. They just swept. So uh, I don't see any way the Huskies lose in the first round. So <laughs> I'm going. I'm going with the hometown team to run the table. Yeah. Why not? Wow. Live a little. I mean, the the reasoning <laughs> for that also is, like, uh, obviously it's kind of a, a dumb pick. But sure, 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 The Pac-12 isn't that good. They're, no. they're solid. They they might get seven teams in the tournament, which is pretty crazy, mm-hmm. um, which is another story. But the only really scary team is Oregon. And Washington almost beat Oregon when they were kind of going through their struggles. Yeah. So, I mean, again, it's probably not going to happen. But, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm not sure what the odds are, but
1: I probably no, would like I, the odds on that. I like that pick, actually. Uh, my <laughs> biggest worry about that pick,
0: though, is the first game of the season. The, big, the, the biggest worry about that pick is Washington's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> that might be your biggest worry. Yeah.
1: Mine is the first round of the tournament. Play Arizona. They have to turn around and play Arizona again after beating them last week at yeah. home. It's really, on tough, to be, night. It's really tough, tough to beat a team twice. And do you know if Chase Jeter is out for this game, too? I know he got suspended. Yeah. By
0: I think it was just for the regular season, but I'm not totally
1: sure. Okay. Because uh, that's a big factor. Isaiah Stewart was eating down low mm-hmm. against Arizona. Yeah, uh, Najee couldn't really handle him. No, and he he got na- Najee and all of Arizona's big men in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if Chase Jeter's there, that definitely changes the story. Isaiah Stewart can get double teamed, and you know how
0: you know what happens when you get <laughs> double teamed. It just passed out to one of the many shooters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's see your Pac-12 pick. Um, let's see. I like that Washington
1: pick. Yeah, of course. I might just go chalk and say Oregon. Yeah, I mean, it's probably the smart pick. Oregon's not going to beat themselves. I don't really know what to say about Oregon because Peyton Pritchard is kind of the guy for them. He's been the guy all season. Mm-hmm. Nobody has really impressed me on this team besides Peyton
0: Pritchard. They do have complementary guys. I'm not saying they don't. Yeah, but he's their star. Exactly. And They've been moving more and more to this like four-guard lineup to close out games, which is pretty scary Like recently. They've been rolling, and I think they're kind of quietly starting to peak again. They, they've kind of struggled in, in conference play. But they're they're definitely the team to beat in the Pac-12, and I, I think this is still a Final Four contender just because if you have a guy like Peyton Pritchard that's done it before, a guy like Gannon Altman that's done it before, and a lot of complimentary pieces, I think this team, like, I mean, as much as I hate to say I think they're a very scary Final Four team. Yeah. We talk about teams you don't want in your bracket. I don't right. want to see Oregon as, like, a four seed. Yeah, and if
1: they're a team I could definitely see in the Final Four if they have a favorable draw in the tournament, exactly. too.
0: Like, if they're going up against Kansas, I'm not taking them. But yeah. if they're going up against... Uh, maybe San Diego State or uh, Baylor, perhaps. I would I would think about it. Mm-hmm, definitely.
1: And they're a team that they've had favorable draws in the tournament before. It wouldn't be yeah. the first time. Last year against
0: Wisconsin. Yeah. That was pretty pretty great draw. Yeah, so it wouldn't <laughs> be the first
1: time, and I think they could make a run.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to the SEC now. Who do, you, who do you have for your SEC pick?
1: Uh, I I went with Kentucky, yeah. uh, but I want a release clause of the Auburn Tigers. Oh, uh-oh. I'm hoping the Auburn Tigers can get a few confidence wins under their belt <laughs> in the SEC tournament because I really want them to play well in the NCAA tournament, and I know they're capable of playing well. They just need to have their pieces pick up their play at the right time. So I'm hoping they get at least two wins in the SEC tournament, but I think Kentucky will be the final winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're playing the best basketball right now, and when they do have Higgins quickly and Maxie on the court, they're the best team in the
0: conference. Yeah. Also not to mention the SEC is like, quietly terrible this year because auburn is. is not living up to expectations lsu's dropped off florida's never been up to expectations mm-hmm. kentucky's been pretty solid but yeah this conference is georgia what happened to anthony edwards i mean i didn't think we expected too much <laughs> yeah but i
1: haven't heard anything from him
0: yeah not but kidding. i i also went with kentucky on this one i would have expected georgia
1: to at least upset a team at some point in this season
0: yeah i feel like they they almost beat Kentucky or something like that. I feel yeah. like that that happened, but, mm. yeah. They beat Chaminade. Oh, wow. There you go. That's a quad one win. <laughs> that's like a quad five win. The committee will appreciate that. <laughs> so It's a neutral, I mean, technically, road game. All right, we're going to move on to potential bid sealers now. We already got one kind of with Utah State. They were definitely on the bubble, but now firmly in, and that's going to knock off someone else. So these are teams to look out for that can make a run in their tournament yeah. and maybe take one of those one of those
1: bubble spots another bid stealer but not really a bid stealer I just wanted to shout them out Liberty uh, yeah. they, they were a one seed they were a one seed in their conference tournament and they ran the table and won it uh, there you go you love to see it so I think that they'll be dangerous in March they'll mm-hmm. probably be a 14 or 15 seed they could be a 12 seed Know. I guess I if mean, they're a one seed winning their then they
0: they beat someone that they beat uh, I think Ole Miss last year in the tournament so yeah they they have they, experience they've, they've got been history there yeah it seems like they're always in it yeah but yeah so well yeah that's a good one I mean may not yeah, not, not Bedster but definitely a mid major look out for one of them I had was UConn they not not a great team they have a guy, James Knight, who's a freshman guard that's really really good he's gonna stay I think and when UConn goes to the Big East next year he's gonna be an absolute just monster and UConn is not in the Big East yet they're in the American Conference which is why I think they have a chance to run the table, the American's not very strong this year we saw a team like Tulsa get a share of the American title so a team like UConn they're playing good basketball right now they've already beat the three top seeds in the in the American uh, bracket so they, they're capable of being the top teams if they could just continue this run I, I see a path for them to get, get an automatic bid in the in the A ten, these are teams. We talk about teams wanting to lose in the going into the March. Dayton could be one of those teams. Also, they've been flying high, mm. they haven't lost, and seems like an inter- eternity. Yeah. And so, some three teams in the A ten that could win are Richmond, St. Louis, or Rhode Island. Those are all three very formidable teams. I hope at least one of them makes the tournament because I think they're all three capable. I, I agree. I think that if one of them doesn't make the or doesn't win their
1: conference championship. Like let's say Dayton wins the conference championship, mm-hmm. I would say at least one of these teams should make the
0: tournament. Exactly. Maybe
1: even two. I think all three are deserving, yeah. but realistically it yeah. won't happen. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I there's definitely a world where it's just Dayton out of the A 10 which I think would kinda suck.
1: Yeah. I I really like this Rhode Island team. I, I yeah I liked them Russell. last year in the tournament. Um uh, I forget if they won their first round matchup, but I had them winning. Yeah. Uh, it, I, knew, I, know I know they played beat close. Oklahoma
0: two years ago when they played. They beat, played Trey Young. Yeah, and they, so beat, they beat Oklahoma, then they played Duke. They they're a team that's contending for the tournament berth pretty much every year. Mm-hmm. Really good program over there. Fats yeah. Russell, I also want to see him in the tournament, of course. Of course. Right? It's weird. He's kind of an oxymoron because his name's Fat, Fats Russell, but he's like one of the skinniest guys in the nation. Yeah, but, I mean, you wouldn't think that. A couple more. We've talked about them, but Washington and North Carolina potential bid stealers. Here. Yeah, I mean the most dangerous 12 seed and 14 seed and Pac-12 mm-hmm. and ACC. My two favorite teams, huh? respectively. There's no way they get bounced in the first round. They're definitely running the table. Knock on wood. <laughs> Texas A&M. I like Buzz Williams. They're actually playing decent basketball right now. We saw they just beat Auburn. They also just beat Arkansas, who's a team that's a bubble team. Also, the SEC sucks, so they could run the table there. Uh, Wofford. They're in the SOCON, I believe, and they are one win away from winning that championship, and they play East Tennessee State. So the reason they could be a bit there is if Wofford wins that game, I still East Tennessee State's a team that, I'm not going to lie, I haven't really watched all year, but they do have a good enough body of work that they make in, in that large bid because they've only lost a couple games all season. Mm-hmm. So there's a chance both those teams get in if Wofford does win that game i know it's very exciting stuff everyone's on the edge of their seats hearing these wofford takes but hey eh.
1: also what makes it cool and kind of the mystique behind march madness is teams like this east tennessee state super small schools that don't really have notable programs can make the tournament huge for the fan base huge for the school not only just through their image but financially just making the tournament brings so much attention uh, and so many facets to the school and it's huge uh, not just for the basketball programs, but for the administration, for the fan base, for the parents
0: of all the players. Just making the tournament is a huge deal for mid-majors like this. Yeah, it's a huge deal for anyone. I remember water- Washington last year making it was a big deal. And yeah, the mid-majors, it's even more important because there's really only one chance you have most of the time is just to win your conference tournament. So mm-hmm. hopefully they can uh, get it done. That would be, that'd be pretty fun. Yeah. All right, moving on into odds and ends now. We have uh, another iteration of what's becoming – My favorite segment of the show and that's coaches complaining we have in the in the rafters we have Jim Boeheim this year complaining about the early ACC start a couple weeks ago we had Mark Turgeon complaining about the 6 p.m. tip against Minnesota and now we have Archie Miller another uh, Big Ten noted coach former Dayton coach now the Indiana Hoosiers and he had a pretty make or break game against Wisconsin this past weekend they cannot get it done they did fall to the Badgers they, were, they are still a firm bubble team, but they're definitely on the bubble, and we don't really know which way they're going to go, and he got pretty big big mad after the conclusion of this game. He started calling out all the bracketologists, especially uh, Lenardi, who, I mean, we, we look at his brackets a lot. He's the ESPN guy, but he called them all like cartoon shows that they do whatever to get clicks and drive up their traffic, and Indiana is kind of a team that is the punching bag because they're a high-profile name. and. They make some waves, make some hot takes about Indiana. More people will click on it. He called them Archie Miller, I believe, called them something like Sesame Street cartoonist. Um, I don't know, but he was getting pretty mad. But the the funniest thing about all this is Lenardi, the guy he was kind of going after, has had Indiana in the tournament for the past week or so. So I'm not really sure why he's. Yeah. Going at Lenardi, but I think he was just a little salty after the loss. This was a pretty unprofessional move from Archie Miller. I can't say I'm surprised
1: that it would come from the Miller family. <laughs> unprofessionalism. But where are the Millers, yeah. But I really I I see no reason for him doing this. Like Lenardi had him in the tournament. Uh and to me Archie is just I don't know, it just seemed very not
0: like not something the head coach of an institution should be saying. Yeah. Indiana's got a great track record of coaches being nice to the media and the outside world, so I don't know why they would hire a guy like this. Uh, But yeah, Archie Miller's had his run-ins with the media this season. He, I think we remember earlier this season, uh, a student reporter, that was, so shout out to student journalism, he asked a question about load management and Archie Miller gave a really condescending answer about how they don't manage their loads at Indiana. So that is uh, something something maybe to keep your eyes on moving forward. Indiana is the team that Firmly on the bubble, and their team is going to have to do something special in the Big Ten tournament if they want to lock up their spot.
1: Yeah, and Archie Miller, stop talking about outside forces. Just <laughs> just control what you yeah. can control. Focus win on the the game. Win the games that you should win, and
0: the rest will work itself out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, we got three coaches now in the uh, the ring of complaining. We got Bayheim. We got Turgeon. We got Archie Miller now. There's definitely going to be at least one more once the brackets come out. So keep keep yourself posted on that one. Yep. We also have a Steven Izzo update after a much long-awaited hiatus. So he he was the one that checked in for the game for Cassius Winston on his senior night. So big ups to Steven Izzo for coming in the game. Let, let Winston get the standing ovation as he walked off the court for the final time in East Lansing. So very good, very good move from Steven Izzo there. What a guy. Yeah, what a guy. Also, I want to shout out this high school basketball player from Odessa, Washington. So home state. And they won the 1B title, which is, for all of you that don't know, as the lowest tier or cohort, whatever, of a class in, in high school. Yeah. And so they won the the state championship for 1B. And he actually quoted Ricky Bobby in his postgame interview and just an absolute champ, absolute Chad he? move. It was, the, it was the one where, I'm going to be honest with you, we're the best there is, and that's all there is to it. I wake up every day, and I piss excellence. And, yeah, I just basically gave the whole thing, and it was, it was a pretty great interview. Uh, made the rounds a little bit on social media, so shout out to him. Also, Chicago State, uh, noted team. Chicago State, look at that. Noted team of the Western uh, Athletic Conference, I think. Uh, West is uh, u- used pretty loosely in this one. They did not They did go 0-16 in conference last year. They will only go 0-14 this year after – refusing to travel to Seattle in Utah Valley for coronavirus fears. So shout-out to— Coronavirus in air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to pick up two more losses. <laughs> yeah, so shout-out to them for not going 0-16 in back-to-back seasons. They're they are just killing the game right now. They might get demoted down to Division Two.
1: <laughs> I could see it. I'm surprised they're Division One. Yeah. Chicago State, huh?
0: Also, shout-out Austin Reeves. We didn't really mention that, but he had 41 points for the Sooners— and he had a game-winning jumper to beat TCU. So good, good, good on him. You got any shout-outs? Uh, Kamar Baldwin. Yeah. Cold-blooded. Killer. <laughs> uh, games to watch are a little up in the air because of conference tournaments are obviously dependent on who wins in certain rounds. and But tonight is a big one. We do know this, the West Coast Conference, WCC, it's the semifinals. We do it in the 2-3 matchup at St. Mary's against BYU. This is a very high-profile game. The winner will likely play Gonzaga in the championship. That game will be on Tuesday. So the one tonight is at 8.30 p.m. It's pretty late, especially if you're on the East Coast. And if you're on the East Coast listening to this podcast, uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for following us yeah. all season. And, uh, but, yeah, so 8.30 p.m., I think it's Pacific time. That's a pretty crazy late tip. Yeah. And But Tuesday, the WCC final, which will likely be Gonzaga against the winner of that game, that one will be at 6 p.m. Also, you mentioned on Tuesday the ACC tournament starts. The only really notable thing about that is Carolina, see so if they can run the table. That will be the first step in that long journey. And then Wednesday we have the Pac-12, Big 12, Big 10, SEC, and Big East. Pretty much all the tournaments start on Wednesday besides the ACC. It starts a day early because...
1: More teams, maybe? Yeah,
0: more teams, and also they do the weird thing where you get, like, triple buys and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So that's that's exciting to look for. Yeah. March Madness is... I mean, right I mean, it's technically here. I mean, I count. It's not like the yeah. NCAA tournament, but the the conference tournaments are sometimes just ex- exciting. Yeah, there's a lot of games know. going on at once, especially yeah. that like Thursday, Friday. And yeah, yeah. I'm feeling.
1: Fun. I'm feeling. You know, it's a double-edged sword because I just had a final canceled, so I get more time to watch these conference yeah. tournaments. But at the same time, you know, uh, uh, I I would rather be taking the final <laughs> than, than not taking it. Yeah, uh, it's one of those situations. One of those deals. But, yeah, definitely an exciting week of action. Uh, we will be back on Thursday, actually, yeah, uh, to talk about some of the initial games of the season and give our predictions for the NCAA tournament. Uh, do you have anything else for today? No, nah, I'm think i good. All right. Uh, then we will wrap this episode up. I am Caden Conder. I'm Josh Eddy. And thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, like I said, we will be back on Thursday uh, to talk about this week's action. We will talk to you then.